Today we're talking all about the Florida Gators Pro Day from yesterday, including my thoughts on testing times, uh, some media clips by Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, and giving some player team fits based on which teams were there, which teams they met with, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. Before getting into the content, just going to ask you like, 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 subscribe, whatever it might be. Leave a comment, review. Let me know what you think. Let me know how I can make the show better. Let me know what you like. Why not? But we're going to talk about the pro day because, of course, yesterday was the Florida Gators football team's pro day. And we're going to break it down into a few into a few segments, a few different players. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about Kyrie Elam, of course. But I will say, before even getting into that, um, and I don't know why I mentioned Kyrie Elam before saying this, but for the most part, it was a rough testing day. Kyrie Elam had nothing to do with it because it seems like most of the numbers we saw today outside of pretty much the verticals... Um, were, they were very meh. They, they, they were not impressive for the most part. But Kyrie Elam, I mean, he didn't. He ran his 40 at the Combine, and he did not run a 40 yesterday. Feels like every time he does anything, he improves his stock. You know, he ran the he only ran the 40 at the Combine. That was the only thing he did. It was a 4.39. That is blazing fast. His vert yesterday was 37 and a half inches. Uh, his shuttle was four two was four set four point two one, and only ten reps on the bench. But I I don't care about that for a corner, so that means nothing to me. Like if I look at a corner and you can't bench a ton, that I do not translate that as he's weak. Because Kyrie Elam's one of the best press man corners in the draft. We talk about that all the time. That is the thing that everybody talks about. If you talk about Kyrie Elam, you are going to hear press man, press man, press man, press man. I don't care if you can't bench press. I don't. That that's not the kind of press we're talking about. And I will especially say I don't care if you only get ten reps on the bench when you've got long arms like Kyrie Elam does. Because I don't know if you know this, but it is harder to bench properly if you have longer arms. Obviously, longer way to go and all that fun jazz. Uh, he has seven to eight visits lined up right now, but he would not reveal which teams. But I would be willing to bet that uh, we'd see the Buffalo Bills on that list, the Kansas City Chiefs on that list, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Arizona Cardinals, the New England Patriots, the Cincinnati Bengals, all in that list. It wouldn't shock me if the Giants were on that list, the Jets were on that list. There's a lot of teams where Kyrie Elam fits. And again, this is just saying visits lined up. It's not what he's already done, and it's not what else is going to happen. He's not capping himself at those seven to eight visits. Those are just what he already has lined up and here's a little bit of a clip from zach cohen's recording at the pro day media session yesterday zach cohen of course of the draft network you were for a long time you were projected as a first round pick maybe even top 10 at one point would you be disappointed if you didn't go in the first round would i be disappointed you know i can't control anything i just got to go ahead and just show my abilities you know but um 
I just I just got to keep focused on getting better. At the end of the day, it's about self improvement. So whatever team thinks, you know, that's that's you know that's what you know, I'm just trying to prove myself. What do you think Jason Marshall's going to do this year? What kind of stuff do you expect from him? I expect the whole entire team to just make a major step. Honestly, I just feel like we uh, did it comes our goals last year. And I feel like they they going the sky's the limit for those guys because uh, I feel like they really honed in on their technique and skills. You know, I work with them and try to like motivate them and teach them things that I uh, gained after I left. So I think they're going to be excellent. What about Corey Raymond? What do you think of him? I think that was a great hire. Great hire. <laughs> Great and and do you, did you know of him? So? Yeah, he recruited me to LSU. He recruited me to LSU, but you know he has a big, big, big uh, like uh, like network of players and people who people like uh, learn from him. So. What it, what it, what makes him so special? I mean, everyone just raves about the guy. What makes him so special? Yeah, I think his um, um, honestly, I just feel like his uh, the guys he put out and how successful they've been at LSU and the DBs they have. We call ourselves DBU, but you know, they, they put out um, as much DBU stuff as we do. Did Napier get him to try to talk to you about coming back as well? Was that part of the, the recruitment deal? Yeah, I think I talked to the whole everybody. God wouldn't have made the right decision. Sure. Well, how much different will it be right here next year than last year? The Gators won a national championship. <laughs> so I, mean, I hope that's the goal, but I mean, not the goal, but I hope that's what we do. But. That's what I want. But that's what we deserve. Where, where have you been training? And who'd you sign with as an agent? Um, I've been training at Fort Lauderdale at XPD. Okay. You know, those are the best trainers in the country. You know, we had the fastest combine group. You know, we had fastest two safeties, fastest two corners, the fastest receiver in the combine. Um, all our DBs ran four three, so I think that's where, that's why I trained for a lot of the XPD. But uh, at a lower year, some guys it's important to have an agent. You know, I felt like it was important for me to just use my team. Well, you have two. Relatives that were in the NFL. Right, 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 exactly. That's why I said I feel like I have some of the answers to the test. Yeah. So, you know, I just rely on them. And I know they, uh, they've been doing right by me my whole entire life. So why not just listen to them? And now we're going to take a look at Zachary Carter. One of the things I wanted to talk about was Zachary Carter. And I'll be somewhat brief here because I covered him on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Gators 2. And we'll go very in-depth before the draft. We will. But his fit for some of the NFL teams he met with is what I really wanted to talk about. I don't care about his testing. He tested at the combine when it wasn't a hand-timed, so I don't care about that. So that means nothing to me. But he named two teams where once I saw those teams, I was like, oh my word, those would be phenomenal fits for him, particularly the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, which I know a lot of you guys are Bucks fans, so sorry, but whatever. The San Francisco 49ers, I love the fit because I think it would be awesome for him to work in that defensive scheme. They run a lot of wide nine, which means that even as a D tackle, you're lined up with the guard. You might be outside the guard shoulder. You get to work in that little space there where he gets to be that pass rusher. So he's going to be a three to five tech in that defense. He would play defensive tackle. I don't think he would go on the edge very much. Unless it was like goal line and they were like, hey, we're just going to put big bodies out there. Then maybe we'd see him as a DN. But for the most part, he'd be a D tackle. And I think that he would dominate NFL defensive tackles, especially as a pass rusher. I think as a run stopper, he might be a little taken back there. But I I think as a pass rusher there, he's phenomenal. And as a DN on a wide scheme like that, I think he'd be a great run defender comparatively. Um, But also the other team was the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints one I like especially 
because the New Orleans Saints have a player on their defensive line who um you might have never heard of him, but his name is Cameron Jordan. He is a beast. He's an all-pro caliber player, multiple-time pro bowler. He, he's that guy. And Cameron Jordan and Zachary Carter are similar sizes. Uh, their athletic profiles are pretty similar. Um, like, like the biggest difference there is 40-yard dash time between Cam Jordan and Zachary Carter. And I don't care about a 40-yard dash time if you're a defensive lineman because you're never going to be sprinting 40 yards downfield. So that's not something I care about. What I do care about is the 10-yard split in which Zachary Carter had the better 10-yard split than Cameron Jordan. So Zachary Carter obviously has a little bit more burst there, but Cameron Jordan is better at picking up speed and has better long speed, but I don't care about your long speed for a defensive lineman. So I think that Zachary Carter in those defenses would be phenomenal. And again, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about these schemes. We're going to talk about some other Gators right now, though, but first... We're going to talk about Stat Hero because I don't know about you, but I participated in the March Madness this year like I do every year, and I was terrible. Um, that's that's how it's been lately. I was a lot better before I knew things. I had Baylor and Auburn in the championship, and guess what ain't happening? Baylor and Auburn, obviously. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pick'ems pits star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. So Stat Hero gives you the advantage. They give their gamers the advantage, which is why their gamers win four times more often than other places. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions may apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking about the backfield now. We talked about the two-star defenders of this team that are in the draft, and now we're going to talk about the backfield on the opposite side of the ball. We got Damian Pierce and Malik Davis. I will say one thing that was kind of noteworthy for people was that Anthony Richardson was the quarterback. Uh, Don't look into it. Like I, I don't want anybody to go, oh, Anthony Richardson was the quarterback at the pro day. He's the starting quarterback this year. No, uh, he's not. No, that that means nothing. Uh, Emory Jones was their quarterback last season in the transfer portal. Anthony Richardson rotated in at quarterback for them last year. He's here. Jack Miller has no experience with them, so they're not going to have him be their QB. So it's as simple as that, although it will, I, I, I guess you could say it's pretty cool that Anthony Richardson got to work out in front of these NFL scouts. And if let's say he is the starter this year. We have Justin Shorter going into the draft. Xavier Henderson is draft eligible. There's a few guys. Let's say Anthony Richardson comes back for another year. He gets the throw for these uh, for these coaches again, these scouts again, and they get even more exposure with him. So that's great. But again, we're talking about the current NFL draft prospects. So Damian Pierce, so I'll start with, uh, he didn't really do any testing today. He did all that at the combine, but he did do on-the-field drills, particularly with an interest in showing off his ability as a pass-catching back. That, I think, is pretty obvious because considering like, like that's probably the biggest question mark about his game right now right now when you look at Damian Pierce and you think the negatives you say uh not a ton of experience as a pass catcher which isn't saying he's a bad pass catcher by the way I realize I, I see people do that a lot they say oh he's a bad pass catcher he didn't catch a lot of passes he's, he's a bad pass catcher if he if he was good at it they would have asked him to do it look at Jonathan Taylor when he was coming out of Wisconsin people said oh I don't know he can't be a pass catcher He's a pass catcher. He, he does that. It's just not something he was asked to do. And that's the same thing with Damian Pierce. We've seen Damian Pierce succeed as a pass catcher. That's not a question. But then you also look at long speed. He, he ran his 40. You know, people aren't going to see a 40 at a pro day and go, that's better than, that, than the combine when that was laser timed. No, they're going to take the combine one still. 
we know that he has met with a good deal of teams. Uh, specifically, we have the Bears, the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Giants, and many, many more. A lot of teams are going to look at a lot of running backs. And I feel like just because he hasn't met with some teams, uh, I don't think that rules him out. I think when you look at running back, that's probably the main position where people are going to go. We don't need to meet with them uh, because teams don't value running backs like that. So you could still go, oh, we're going to take him. We, we we see him. We like what he does. You know, Damian Pierce is one of the most beloved uh, Gators around right now. So why not take him? But looking at the other side of the backfield in this NFL draft, we got Malik Davis. It's a running back who who he, he stood to gain a lot from his pro day. But uh, he, he didn't have a good day testing-wise. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend he did or try to finesse it like he did. Uh, he had a relative athletic score, a RAS, which is what I love, of just 3.37, which is it, it's bad. And a lot of that RAS was hurt due to his poor size numbers and his poor speed numbers. But uh, no, we got 47140. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. It, it sucks. That that's it's, it's as simple as that. As that, I can't put it any other way. But he does play considerably faster than that. He plays like he runs a 4.55, which still isn't amazing, but it's better than a 4.71. Unfortunately, that is going to hurt him. Like, like some teams have strict speed thresholds, and he did not hit that speed threshold, so he's probably going to get stricken. Unless teams are veering away from that, and they're going, you know, we don't care about your 40. What's, what's the fastest miles per hour you hit in a game? What's your average miles per hour that you hit? Because teams track that now. That's... That's analytics, baby, and that, that's that's how life is going right now. Uh, he didn't get a combine invite, which, I, again, wasn't great, uh, but you know, he, he also got to show off as a pass catcher. It's not, it's not surprising that he did get to show off as a pass catcher, considering he's someone who started off as a pass catching back. We could see him work in the slot a little bit at the next level. He said he's met with multiple teams, but he singled out the Cowboys as a team that he's got a formal interview scheduled with. And, I mean, you look at the Cowboys now, and it's like, Zeke isn't going to be there for that much longer. He's he's going to go once they can get rid of his contract. He's going to go. Then you have Tony Pollard. If you have a guy like Malik Davis, also that could just sub in Tony Pollard, and and then you've got two backs who are shifty and can make some plays as a as a pass catcher out of the backfield. I think Malik Davis, like Trevor Sikama said a few weeks ago on this show, where he said, I, I think we'll see him latch on as a practice squad guy for a couple of years before making a roster and then getting activated and then doing all these things. But but he's someone who, when you watch the film, you go, that that's an NFL running back. Like, like, like that is an NFL player in the purest forms there. And we're going to wrap up with talking about a few more Florida Gators that will, I think, be in the NFL shortly. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about March Madness and Bet Online because March Madness is ending. But you can still make yourself some money on Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years now. I want to say it's been like five years now that I've been using Bet Online, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much. It's not just basketball on March Madness. It's not just football. It's it's not even just sports, honestly. You can bet on reality TV, award shows. I mean, I want to know what the odds were that Chris Rock would get slapped by Will Smith. That that I would have never taken that bet in my life, but hey, I'm interested to know. And there's so much more. Head to the website today, or you could use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out betonline.net. It's where the game starts. 
To wrap up today's show, we are talking about two offensive linemen and a linebacker. First up is John DeLance, Gene DeLance, uh, the offensive tackle from the Florida Gators. He was a, obviously it was a Shrine Game guy, but not a Combine guy. Per Eric Galco, who is the director of the Shrine Game, he had a great testing day as far as his 40 broad jump and shuttle go. The 10-yard split was great, too. Uh, and I think when you're looking at offensive linemen, we have to focus on two things. The 10-yard split and the broad jump. So that's great. <laughs> that's where DeLance really separated himself. He's met with over 25 NFL teams, so almost all of them. He did single out the 49ers, Cardinals, Chargers, Panthers, Cowboys, and Eagles as teams that he thought he really hit it off with. I, I really like the 49ers fit. I like the 49ers fit. I would like the Jets if he went there. That's not one of the teams he named. I like the Dolphins if he went there. Those teams that run that wide zone, you have an athlete like Gene Delance, and you can let him go and let him work in space. And I mean, his athleticism and his skill set are big selling points when we talk about it. I mean, here's his response to Zach Cohen of the NFL Draft Network, of the Draft Network, as to what his selling point is to NFL teams. I'm athletic. I'm athletic. I'm a, I'm a freaky guy that can get in the box and just play strong wherever it may be. Guard, tackle. I mean, I'm trying to get some snaps. I want to be able to play center eventually. So I want to tell guys I'm very valuable. You can put me anywhere. I'm a, I want to be a plug-and-play guy, eventually a rotational player, and then working myself into a star. And you said what the three teams that you have visits lined up for. Uh, any other teams have been showing interest yes, in you too? Uh, for sure, it's the Cardinals right now, the Chargers. I'm going to definitely those three visits and then I'm going to Tampa Bay local day. I met with like the, the, the Eagles last night, had a dinner with them. So it's a lot of different interests coming from different places. Next, we got Jeremiah Moon, who's going to be brief. Uh, he's been listed as both an off-ball linebacker and edge rusher, depending on where you look. And that's what he did in college. And I genuinely think that he'll be viewed as a depth guy by most NFL teams. He'll probably latch on to a 3-4. And he'll be that guy that he is an off-ball linebacker, or he can come down to the edge. And, and he'll do that. And even a 4-3 team, he could do the same thing. He could be a Will. He could be a Sam. He can play either end spot. He can do a lot. I just don't think he does a lot great. He's a fantastic athlete. He's got great size. Injury's been a major concern for him, and he even got hurt running his 40 yesterday. Looked like he pulled up, hurt his hamstring. He has met with multiple teams, but specifically named the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that'd be a great scheme for him as someone who is that versatile off-ball edge kind of guy. And we got Stuart Reese is the last person we're talking about. He's got meetings and workouts lined up. He named the Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically. That's something to keep an eye on. I know a lot of you listeners are Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan, he's not going to go there. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I, he didn't have a good day of testing. He's not a super athletic dude. He's he, he's more of more of the bigger kind of offensive lineman who's going to work downhill best, which is why he's not going to be a Miami Dolphin. But we can look at him and we could say Tampa Bay Buccaneers works. Uh, New England Patriots works. Houston Texans works. Baltimore Ravens works. All those teams work. He's going to go into a power scheme. No wide zone team is going to look at him twice, probably. Uh, but he, there are still teams he fits with. And I know that people like Damian, uh, Damian Parson of the Draft Network. They like Stuart Reese. They're big fans of him as a late sleeper. And Zach Cohen of the Draft Network asked him what the most daunting part of this draft process was. And here's what he had to say. I thought it was interesting. What would you say has been the most daunting part about this draft process? Um, you're welcome. Um, really just the uncertainty of everything, you know, coming in this new territory. Um, like, like my mom and dad always taught me. You can only prepare so much. You know, you'll never be able to fully prepare for you know what's to come. Only all you can do is make sure that when you get there, you're ready. So, um, 
that's really been the biggest thing. Other than that, um, I've been training hard, you know, putting in good work, and, you know, it showed out here today. So. And then what's next for you? Do you have any visits lined up, more interest from teams? Um, I have a workout with Tampa Bay on the 7th. Mm -hmm. um, past that, you know, it's still up in the air. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I, Annie Sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.